isn't it? <laughs> Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. And this morning, it's Astro Inklings with Tam Bayou of the Energy Almanac. She's going to pull it out. I'm going to pull it out. So happy March, everybody. Happy March, Tam. And thank you for being with me this morning. So happy to be here. I look forward to these every single month. And this month is a big month. It's a doozy. I kept thinking we probably should have scheduled two hours. <laughs> well, uh, oh, I think I have a reading it. I'm not sure. I could probably go a little after nine easily, but uh, yeah, it's maybe we a two-parter even because there's oh, just yeah. so much. Yeah. And of course, you know me. I had to go find more. Oh my God. I can't keep up with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I didn't mean to go. Things are so weird right now. So I, I pulled the chart this morning for, uh, what was it? The the new moon uh, for March. Mm -hmm. And usually I cut out some of the other points that I add into charts for people when I want to look at them. So usually I wipe it clean and then I just start with the basic planets. Well, when I did this particular new moon chart, I forgot to do that. So it printed out with all of the, I mean, if you look at this, look how. Oh, my know. word. Yeah, look at that. So, and that's because there's asteroids and stars and, you know, other points of interest that I've used various times and places. <laughs> Usually, like I said, I strip that out so I don't have so much on a, a chart for like the new moon. And I went, oh, my gosh, what is that? Metis. Metis? What is Metis doing here? And I went off a deep end, right? Metis is a an asteroid that travels between the uh, orbits of Mars and Jupiter. So it's kind of an, a, a weird, like a elliptical sort of, uh, of transiting planet or asteroid, now probably close to a dwarf planet because of its size. And guess what? <laughs> it has everything to do with the times that we are in right now. So, of course, I would forget to strip it out, it, unconsciously even, right. and leave it in there because it is in a very tight conjunction to the sun and the moon at the new moon. Oh, boy. Yeah, but that is a subject. Literally, people who are listening to this, we're going to talk about this on Friday okay. uh, because I haven't even had time to let it settle in other than it just adds to the weirdness of my morning with psychic phenomenon and all of that. Right. So. <laughs> Oh, one of those kind of days. So where do we want to start? I guess we start at the beginning. I think we should. I think we should kind of go through and hit all the dates in a row as they happen. So people can kind of feel the, the flavor and the movement of the month. There's just so much. To me, it all starts with uh, Mercury on the third. I actually I actually started it at the first because because Venus that day. Now, it may be different based on your calendar. Uh, because you you're in the almanac using um, UTC, yep. yeah, and I'm looking at this in my time in uh, Washington time, mm -hmm. but Venus is in a conjunction to Jupiter as we move into the month today, this morning, right now. There's this beautiful conjunction between these two benefic planets, mm -hmm. and I want to say it's a great way to start the month. It is. It is the saving grace perhaps we could say for the month as we go on and on with some of the other crazy things but now you tell us about what what it is about mercury that excites you for tomorrow tomorrow would be right the second 
Well, see, I have it as the third, but that's okay. Well, it doesn't we'll matter. With the second, but but before we do that, like let's. I want to go back and ask you, the master astrologer, the question. Um, March first, initiating the month, Venus conjunct Jupiter. That energy. Can we say that will stay with us? Can, can we get that? Can we keep that hopeful, benefic energy with us? Because to me, it's like a two-day transit. And it's great. And I actually feel it. Like my husband and I this morning, like, oh, I feel this energy in my chest. It's hopeful. I feel optimistic. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We both said it. He He's intuitive. He got it. Um, so tell me, like, is this going to stay? I, I think it can. I believe, you know, we can, even though there may be some weird stuff that happens throughout the month for people, and likely we're going to see weirder stuff in the outer world somehow that maybe it's not so much personalized, uh, but it could be. So I don't want everybody to think, oh, nothing good or nothing bad is going to happen. It's just that, you know, if we keep this kind of optimism and we keep this kind of love in our hearts, right, this is a very loving, benefic, um kind of placement and in aries it's also about the planting of those seeds for the new beginnings yeah. it's creative it's imaginative it's expansive mm -hmm. but we just have to be able to stick with that we have to remember as we go through when we get to a day like jupiter conjunct chiron on the 12th remember this day Remember the good feeling that you have and make sure you're carrying that throughout the right. month. It's absolutely our choices about how we, how we entertain the energies. Right. Right. Well, let's lock it in. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's lock, lock, in lock today. It sounds good. Yeah. And we'll move into uh, Mercury moving into the sign of Pisces. And I think that's just um, a nice slower energy. For all of us um, chronic overthinkers and <laughs> I love this uh, kinder, gentler communication, more compassion. And uh, yeah. it's also a little bit of um, sort of the two minds, right? Kind of the, the yeah. intuitive marrying with the more logical. So it's just um, a nice transit that's going to last for a few weeks. And it's very, very appropriate for the other energies that are joining us in uh, March. Yeah, I think when you have, you're, you're right spot on there. When you have Mercury and Pisces, you're marrying the logical mind to the imaginative mind mm -hmm. and being able to work with both to go forward in some way, shape or form. But at the same time, we'll have Mercury in a conjunction to Saturn right at the very la last degrees of, um, of of Aquarius, just before he makes that move into Pisces. And what that really confers on us is the ability to stay focused, right, to be able to use the power and the strength of that Saturn uh, focus ability, concentration energy to stay the course, even if, you know, things look like they're going sideways, or maybe, you know, the only danger with Mercury conjunct Saturn is thinking too small or too mm -hmm. narrow. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to, to make sure that we stay, you know, I, I want to open my chest and just stay open hearted mm -hmm. and open minded while we're going through this period of time, but use that Mercury conjunct Saturn to really focus in on something uh, that you need to use that energy for whatever that might be, might be for your health. It could be for your finances, could be for your business. It doesn't really matter what, it's just this focus ability and blending that logic and that imagination. 
I can use it to finish writing the 2024 Energy Almanac. <laughs> yeah, I need to talk to you about that. Am I done? I think I'm done. <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, I'm done. You're done. Um, you did well. Because yeah, I thought I went through everything. But if not, let me know. Just let me know. Uh, so anyway, that's to me that those two things, Venus conjunct Jupiter and then so what we're doing, oh my gosh, this is so amazing is that these are inner planets, Venus and Mercury. Yes. So this is us personally. And we're being conjunct to societal changes, mm. right with Jupiter and Saturn oh, being the right. outer or the, the transpersonal, if you will, planets involved. So it's about our hitching our wagons to the changes that society and culture are bringing us uh, and hopefully doing that in a way that's expansive but is also you know deliberate mm -hmm. and also optimistic not pessimistic yay wait but is also oh wait 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 deliberate i'm trying to put you on so i can see the chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we do have some people out here this morning good morning to pam zaruba she says happy march everyone christine yeah. buckingham good morning lynn valcourt uh, the energy has been wild. Indeed, Lynn, it has been and will get better, more. I don't know how that, that plays out in your life. Christine Buckingham says, Metis is the goddess card deck you've read from, Janet. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, she's in the, she is, that's where I've seen her. She's in my goddess deck. And Gaila, good morning to you. And JLo, hello to you. It's good to see you and have you with us this morning. Uh, so, we are today, Tam and I, going through what the highlights are of March. And as she said at the very beginning, we should have made this show two hours long because there's just so much, so much. that we could talk about this morning. Um, go ahead, Tam, take us into the next thing. Oh, sure. Well, uh, my next thing that I'm watching for is the moon, the uh, moon in Virgo. On the moon 7th, we have that moon coming in in Virgo to add a smash of practicality. <laughs> You're um, right. And we also have, of course, on that day, the big, big, big societal news, and that is Saturn moving into Pisces. And that is the one. And probably like there's this precursor that we want to talk about again, Janet. And you've talked about it many times in my lifetime with you. And that is that Saturn being in that last degree and leaving its gift bang here's what Depositing. we want Here, yeah here's your deposit we want you to remember this and think about this saturn is leaving aquarius where we've had some level of containment as a group <laughs> um where we've been limit where we've been limited um where we've learned lessons in freedom um and, and all plenty over the last two years we've get you know with Saturn in Aquarius so Saturn's gonna move into Pisces and that to me is the exciting news of 2023 well you know back in December when I was doing the astrology of 2023 it was when all of the boom and the bust started happening right that in March mm. <clears throat> and it is pretty much predicated on Saturn's move into Pisces. But just the day before, and here's where people may really kind of connect 
to that gift that Saturn has left them bef before he actually moves out of the sign of Pisces. And that is the day the sun is in a sextile to Uranus. Now, the, yeah. the aspects are the words that join the two planets, right? So for those of you who don't know much about astrology, don't panic over the word sextile. It just means the relationship that's being built between the sun in this case and Uranus, which happens to be a really good um, kind of aspect. They understand one another, the sun and its ego energy, its personality, its brilliance, its focus on life is connected very much so with Uranus's freedom and liberation energy. And what it does is it sets the tone for inspiration for this week. This week's, you know, whole theme could be inspiration, but what kind of inspiration? So this may be a really good day for you to get that aha. This is what Saturn has left us as a gift as he's transiting out of Aquarian energy because Uranus is the modern ruler of Aquarius. So Saturn and Uranus have been linked, whether we knew it or not, they'd been linked all of this time, these last two and a half years by uh, being in each other's sign or, you know, Saturn, the traditional ruler of Aquarius and Uranus, the more modern ruler of Aquarius. And what does that mean? Because the two of those planets coming together is often about change that we don't want. Right. Or that we don't know that we want, right. <laughs> um, but that's been foisted upon us. So now if you look back and see, well, what has been changing over my last two and a half years, right. there's where your gift is, because what have you left behind that you didn't need? Yes. Yeah. So that's where I think we get the gift. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, it's, isn't it interesting that Saturn moves into Pisces literally just let's see the move into Pisces happens my time at 5 35 a.m and the full moon my time is at 4 41 a.m mm -hmm. so we have the full moon completion revelation aha epiphany an hour later we have Saturn moving into a sign <laughs> where the old maps no longer apply right? right suddenly everything we thought we knew goes to hell in a handbasket I love it it's it gets untied. It gets undone. The boundaries get blurred. I, it's, I just don't know what this is going to bring to us. It's, it's exciting. Like the thing about like Saturn going into Pisces that is interesting to me is like this sense of, uh, I want to use the word discipline. I wanted to say obligation toward our spirituality is what I wanted to say toward uh, creating our own life. Cause Pisces is that creative visionary energy, right? And having, um, having, staying the course and doing the work to create your own reality is part of this transit. And I think, I think more people are going to awaken to their power, much like you and I had these really psychic experiences in the last 24 hours. You know, spirituality is coming to the fore. Right. Exactly. Exactly yeah. right. That's sort of like the message as we move forward the rest of this year, like um, the rest of this year and into next year, it's really about us applying our spiritual practices in our own lives. Yeah. Regularly. When, when we have the planet that represents boundaries and limits, mm -hmm. the edge of something, right? Going into a sign that has no boundaries mm -hmm. and is edgeless, right? Spirit is everywhere ether right it, it's the ether quality of of spirit 
it is about dissolving then old boundaries mm -hmm. and then preparing new ones. What will be that new edge that we're going to? Mm -hmm. And uh, inappropriate boundaries have to go, right? And yes. the, because especially if they're being used as tools of separation, I'm going to give you a great example. This isn't even my example. I read it somewhere. And you guys, I read so much. I really should write down where I read things because then later I want to tell you where I read this and I don't know where I read this. But um, things like uh, in, back in the 90s when Saturn was in the sign of Pisces, so this would have been 30 years ago, so 93 to about 95, that was when President Ronald Reagan told Gorbachev, bring down those walls, or bring down that wall, speaking about the Berlin Wall. The Berlin wow. Wall had been erected back after the war to keep East and West Germany and certain you know, alliances separate, right, mm -hmm. separated. So that happens. The walls come down. Well, what has happened in the last couple of years here in the, pres the last president's uh, administration? They started building walls along the border between U.S. and Mexico. And are those walls going to come down? Right. They're inappropriate boundaries. Hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying that. Again, this isn't political. This is just walls came down in 93 to 95. And what kind of walls may be coming down in uh, 2023 to 2025. So it, it is an interesting thing. But in a way, what that coming down of walls represents is our openness to finding solutions that we've not tried before. Sure. Right? How do we how do we integrate or how do we come together? Right? How do we solve the problems that uh, in this case border problems? in a way that doesn't have to be a separation tool. Well, and in that way, we redefine ourselves. As you say that, it brings us to another transit that will be relative, and that's Pluto and Aquarius. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, yes. See how that can play out really, really well? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and you know what? How extraordinary that both of those planets change signs in the same month. In the same month, I literally know. just what two weeks away, two weeks from each other, something like that. Two day, two weeks and two days, yeah. which I don't. I started searching back, and I couldn't find where that had ever happened. Oh wow! I'm sure it did somewhere way in the back, but to have two major planets like that changing signs in the same month, yeah. one leaving the sign of Aquarius, the other one entering the sign of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. So now we have everything focused on Aquarius mm -hmm. for the next 20 years now at that point. So that's a whole nother story. And, and, and really, and we're jumping ahead a bit, but uh, Pluto into Aquarius is going to be all about our remaking a society from the ground up. Yes. Right. And that is probably going to start with the bringing down of boundaries and walls that we've used as separation tools between all of us. And then, you know, the big deal is going to be about, well, how do we how do we bring forth a modern world right out of the old world? And and I don't mean that we're not modern now, but, you know, we're, we're looking at the changes that are going to take us on into the future. Mm -hmm. So how do we take the best of what we know and what we've experienced and marry that to uh, being able to go on into the future? Well, so we're going to have to find, you know, imaginative, maybe unique, out of the box solutions to things. But what if Saturn in 
Pisces is the grand contribution to jumpstart Pluto's first few degrees of Pluto and Aquarius. We will intuit and imagine and dream into our future, putting yeah. a foundation that is spiritual under the new society that we're going to build. Yeah. I mean, if you think about Ronald Reagan in the 90s, his dream was that we were reunifying right we were we were reunifying east and west europe and that in some way there was this grander reunification theme that was going on and that is something that we're going to be building upon i think in this next uh, transit of of saturn through pisces it's about really restoring the imaginal realm uh and and in making it into magical realism Right. We talk about this often in human design. Uh, I mean, in uh, Gene Keys, there's a gate that actually represents magical realism. And wow. you know what? I think that's the gate. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think that's the gate that Pluto is going to be sitting at uh, for its move into. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. That's probably where I got the idea of magical realism. Um, it's the the gate 60 which is a gate in the gift is realism but with a dose of magic right that yeah it, it's going to be so that's amazing so that's what i was just talking about if sat if saturn and pisces is magical realism and the gate 60 is there and open and pluto's moving through it at the same time that initiation point like this is perfect i'm yeah. like you just up leveled this entire month right there <laughs> you did you really really did i am so excited yeah it's really a good thing you know one of the themes of saturn in pisces is reconciliation makes sense right and then you also have neptune in pisces which is yeah. redemption yes so it, it's a big theme, I think, that we haven't yet ever, because at the time that Saturn was last in Pisces, Neptune was not in Pisces. Mm, okay. In fact, I think Neptune was probably at the end of Sagittarius uh, or Capricorn or the beginning of, of Aquarius himself. So that'll be interesting. I should go, I should look that up. Uh, but anyway, so think about this, the habitual patterns that we have been engaged with where we don't even think about why it is we think the way we think or the way we are doing the things that we're doing have to go, have to be rethought up through uh, while we have Saturn in Pisces. And in a way, um, some of the blowback, you know, some of the more negative things that we, we may see is that, you know, Saturn in some way inhibits us from expressing the worst that we could express mm -hmm. and in pisces those boundaries are going to be blurred so you know seeing senators calling the president out loud a liar and do saying some like just some of the you know rhetoric that's gone on is probably going to get worse at oh. least initially okay because they're those boundaries that have kept us in line the, the ideas of etiquette and proper you know uh, ways of dealing with each other um, are being let loose so that can be like the more negative right some of the the more ugly side of things can come to the surface at least in the initial um move or we're, we become very cognizant of it like where did where did that that etiquette go where did the rules of engagement get so off balance 
where it's okay to call each other names and mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, do and say things that we would never have done or said before. Interesting. Yeah. Or treat uh, each other the way we've never treated each other before. Mm -hmm. So, mm. yeah. So literally the wall, the wall that has to come down isn't the wall along the border. No. It's the wall of fear that yeah. we have built between ourselves. So uh, all of that, choosing between the old yep. and the new. the new, the new myths, creating new myths. I love myths. So I always like to think of this in terms of mythologies, right? Mm -hmm. What new mythology are we creating at this point in time? And of course, that full moon is a huge if we look at that as that's the next big thing that happens on that day. Mm -hmm. And that's because the full moon is happening um, with at, kind of at the same time as Saturn's move. So exactly. it's, it's the already the, the signs that of things that have to go. Mm -hmm. um, the realization that, you know, we have to, to make some changes if we want to move forward. Mm -hmm. So that is just a week away. Less than a week. Today's the first. So six days from now, six days from now, what are we willing to release? And that day in the full moon, Pluto is at 29 degrees, 40 minutes of Capricorn, like bullet burn close to wow. leaving. And we know that the 29 degree is karmic. Right. So what is the karmic thing about power? about power struggles, yeah. uh, about society, you know, the bigger, wider world, annihilation, destruction, yeah. uh, institutions that can't stand the test of time. What is that going to be bringing to us? Not about fear again, people, just because, you know, we are witnessing this. We're part of it. We are yeah. part of it. Yes. And each one of us, each one of you listening can affect an outcome. Yes based on what it is that you're thinking about or what you're taking action on, what your beliefs are, what patterns you're willing to let go of, how much fear can you release? Mm. Because that is going to make the change in the world, not just the fact that Saturn moved into Pisces or Pluto's moving into Aquarius. We all right? have to do our individual work. We're so connected. Correct. 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 And the moon and the sun both during the um, full moon are going to be in a square to Mars. Now, Mars at this point in time is still in the sign of Gemini. Mm -hmm. And he's like at 2148 degrees, something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not a close square, right? It's a, it's a kind of a tweaking the edges of the square, but squares are so powerful. We often give them, you know, seven or eight degrees of orb. And there's like a five or six degree orb between Mars and the sun and the moon. So it kind of tells us that we have to take some kind of action. Mm. We're going to have that we're, we're going to have to ground 3D reality because it's going to be more difficult with Saturn and Pisces to see what's real. Mm. Right. Yeah. Anyway, what's next on your list? Well, you know, my, the next thing that I like wrote down, I mean, there's a lot going on this month. But the next thing I mm -hmm. actually wrote down is um, like the 15th. But I think there's something on the like start stuff. Start, like we have sex, Venus and Mars in a sextile starting on the 10th. Yep. Or yep. I have it on the 11th, but time wise. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's like a three day transit that should be pleasant to work with. Right. Mm hmm. 
Um, but then creative, I, you know, cre very creative. Sure. Uh, together. Yay. And yep. Balanced. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to that. But really, the next one, big one that I wanted to bring up was um, the Sun and Pisces sextile Neptune in Pisces, and what that day might feel like. What day is that one? The well, fifteenth for me, fifteenth. Yep. Sun yep. conjunct Neptune that day. Well, that and, whole week, first and of Mars, all, is crazy. Yeah, that whole week is where we really get into. I'm not going to say trouble, but we get into some really busy, thick lots going on and and the whole like uh mars square neptune transit um there's there's a lot mars square neptune the sun conjunct neptune uh mercury conjunct neptune yep. neptune 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 but neptune. that week starts off with something even more important that i didn't even recognize until this week or last week Tell me. and that is jupiter conjunct chiron Oh, I don't have Chiron on my list. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You, yeah. We don't necessarily speak too much about them in the, in the energy almanac, but maybe next year as we start to write 2025, right. you know, uh, we might want to think about, you know, what is Chiron's placement? Because in the myths, Chiron is really about the healing path that we take as human beings on the planet. And the fact that Jupiter only conjuncts Chiron once every 13-ish years oh. is a big deal. And they're conjunct in Aries. And Aries, again, is that seed planting, forward thinking, moving, mm -hmm. action orientation, uh, boldly going kind of energy. When does this happen? What's the date of this? The trip? 12th, on the 12th, Sunday, uh, the 12th. Oh, okay. Yeah, I absolutely don't have that one. Okay. Yeah, put, put that on there. And let's think about adding Chiron into, um, you know. I talk our, about it with all my clients. Uh, Chiron to me is really, really important in the soul work that we do, right? Yeah. And did you realize that Jupiter, I didn't realize this. This is like totally new stuff to me that I would have known it if I thought about it, that Jupiter and Chiron were half brothers. You're the myth queen. That's not me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they were both, there's this whole story about, you know, Jupiter. Remember in, in the, in the myth, Kronos, Saturn is married to Rhea, the goddess, and they birth, uh, he birth, they birth together all of these, the, the Titans, right? The Titans. And, um, Saturn is miffed about it because there's a prophecy that one of them was going to usurp his power. Mm -hmm. So he has them all poisoned and dies. And the only one saved is Jupiter or Zeus in that Kronos and Zeus, right? Well, um, later Saturn goes on and has, you know, relations with a, um, a half human. She's actually called a, uh, Oh my gosh, what is she called? Anyway, um, a mythical creature, but her name is Philyra. And she's half, she's horse. She's, he comes to her as a horse and she is a Nereid. That's what that she is. And they birth Chiron. And Chiron is half horse and half human. Oh. So we get this mythology about this healing that has to happen, but keeping in mind that Saturn or Kronos has no idea that Jupiter or Zeus is still alive. So here we have these two things that come together, the centaur, which is what uh, Chiron is really, right? Yep. That has a connection to Sagittarius. What is Sagittarius symbol, but a, a centaur yep. with his arrow pointed at the galactic center. Yep. And 
Jupiter rules Sagittarius. Right. So we have these myths kind of converging together yeah. in this very fiery, passionate sign. So, I mean, there's so much more we could go into, but that would, you know, again, um, could be its own class for God's sake, uh, <laughs> because of, of what it represents going forth is our growth and our evolution being tied to healing. Mm. Yay. Yes. That's amazing. So that's on the 12th. That's on the 12th. So that starts, you know, if we run the week from Sunday to through Saturday, um, that starts this very powerful week of one kind of breathtaking thing after the other going on uh, in in the sky with the different transits of planets. So I have a question about that one. So how does a transit like that, how might we notice its effect? <sighs> Good question. I think, you know, that depends on where Aries is in your natal chart. Ah. Okay. Right. It could be suddenly removing any of the blocks or limitations of starting something new that you've had, because I mean, this is this impactful. Mm. What if like, let's say Aries was on your 10th house, which was about a career or having your own business or, um, you know, moving up the, the ladder, so to speak, becoming a manager of your own mistress of your own destiny. Right. And now you have Jupiter conjunct Chiron in your 10th house where you've hesitated maybe because you were afraid maybe you were afraid because you won't have benefits and you don't have you know the 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 income coming in every week or every other week um but suddenly you find your bravery you find that courage that little kernel of strength comes up and you are like i'm i'm doing this i'm doing this right? You begin the healing process. Yeah. So whatever house that Aries is in is where that healing process may really be coming to the fore. Mm. Yeah. And, and I use that because Aries for me is on my 10th house. <laughs> and there's a big oh. emergent theme going on in my whole, oh, day, wow. my whole life. But let's say it's in your house of money. So the emergence for you might be around finances and your own self-worth and your own value. If it's on the sixth house, maybe it is about your health and how you view your, your healing path. And on and on, we could go, you know, around the wheel. Mine is fourth house. I'm going to have to look at that. Hmm. Fourth house, home, family, roots, foundation. Can I really take any more in that area? <laughs> That's just would be about the healing path to that. Yeah. Right, the healing path of all of that. And, you know, having Aries there, well, it, it's an interesting conversation, isn't it? Because Aries is very self-oriented, mm -hmm. but the fourth house is very motherly, exactly. mother-oriented, caring and nurturing. Mm -hmm. So you're having to find a way to balance those two is my guess. All right? the time. Yeah. Yeah. And where may you um, enable? I mean, there's also, what is that called? Uh, Other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, codependence. Codependency, yeah. 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 So those are themes that, you know, will likely come up for you to be able to heal as time goes on here. And, you know, you know, without sharing what's actually going on in your personal life, isn't this up right now for you? It totally is. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So it's really kind of beautiful. It's a really positive thing. But sometimes we experience the wound first. Sure. And then the healing of said wound. Mm -hmm. Like something just gets invited within us that says, let me get out of the way of this. Mm. Right. I don't want to carry this burden of fear or scarcity thinking or any of that kind of stuff anymore. I'm just going to 
break down the walls mm. and I'm going to bust through. Yeah. And at the full moon, I'm going to be revealed, right? Because the full moon was just the week before. Right. It's amazing. I mean, amazing. I could get all drama queen on this one. but <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The 12th. I've marked that on my calendar for sure. Yeah. And then as you take a look at what comes next, Mars in, in the uh, square to Neptune, which really triggers our need to be more spiritual, to get into our spiritual practice, mm -hmm. to walk our talk. Right. Right. And then the sun in a conjunction to Neptune. Whew. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, now, to me, that's like about dreaming into, you know, our, our next best version of ourselves, expanding our compassion. Right. Mm -hmm. And our intuition being on high at that time. Yeah. And we want to watch those days, right? Th those days that have conjunctions because it is the start of something new with the energy between those two planets. So in this case, it's the sun and Neptune. What are the new things birthing? Because then they'll take the sun will take that energy out across the year from that point in time and into the various ways that he will come into relationship with Neptune. And we'll see whatever that theme was kind of expanding, coming into challenge, being resolved and somewhat, and then a consciousness shift. And then we come back to next March when we have another right. conjunction of the sun to Neptune. So we have a whole series of events that start when there's a conjunction of planets to one another. And then the next conjunction is Mercury to Neptune <laughs> the, uh, the next day, right? On the 16th on my calendar, but it might be, a, I don't know what time. That the 16th, yep. Yeah. And then that day, the sun is in a square to Mars. Yes. Holy God. <laughs> Holy good gracious. <laughs> right. So again, the need to act, right? Mm -hmm. On our... I keep looking, what keeps coming to mind is like the compassion part and the lack thereof that the world is experiencing. And I'm hoping that we're all going to be triggered toward acting compassionately. Yeah. But I don't know. That's my like fingers crossed kind of thinking about the whole thing. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like so many people in society have really been whammied by the Mars in Gemini. Uh-huh. There's a lot of language around the world that is sharp and aggressive and not the kindest. And I just, which is why I'm looking forward to Mars's change of science coming up. <laughs> Gives us a break. But us actually, you know, already at that point in time, Mars is beyond the point at which he turned retrograde. So he's yes. leaving as of the, well, actually, no, he's not. Not until the 21st does he leave that zone. And then on the 25th, he changes out of uh, Gemini into Cancer. But he's coming to the end of that retrograde that has caused us to be in that Mars and Gemini energy for so long. Yes. And, you know, the the sun being in Pisces, you know, Pisces and Gemini are squared to one another. Right. There's just no getting away from it. Right. right. Just like Sagittarius and Pisces are squared. But a square isn't a bad thing. No. The squares no. are really the the energy behind the um the coaxing the the prodding from behind the scenes to get us to move 
Yes. Because it becomes too uncomfortable to stay the course. It's the energy. That's how I think of them. Yeah, for sure. Too darn uncomfortable. I think it's exciting. I really, really do. I also find it interesting, the sun in Pisces. And when I think Pisces, I always imagine somebody on a chase lounge, eating bonbons, dreaming big dreams, but not taking action. Right. There is that potential. Yeah. And so Pisces is kind of the opposite of Mars energy, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yep. it's why know. Mars isn't always very comfortable in Pisces, right? Um, he's not very comfortable in Cancer either. I know, <laughs> right? It's water into his fire, so that but that gives us some downtime, I think, when he actually makes that move. But you know, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves yeah, because yeah. we ha- also have Venus moving into Taurus. Yes. And two days later, Mercury moving into Aries. Right. So we've got two interplanetary changes that week, which those ingresses also cause a, I, I'm going to say kind of a whiplash because some the energies change, right? The signs next to each other are not very, they, they don't get each other very well. They have to learn how to cooperate. Yes. So when we have Venus in uh, Aries, which is free to be and do and, 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 you know, very active oriented. And then she moves into Taurus. Well, she is moving into her own rulership, but, but now things get more grounded. Yeah. Right. Um, Love comes into the physical, sensual, uh, sexual, even, you know, being so interesting. Right. And then Mercury moves into Aries. So we've had Mercury in Pisces at this point in time that has been emotional. Our, our, our conversations have been emotional. They've been imaginative, imaginative. Uh, they've been creative. And now Mercury moves into Aries and says, okay, I'm done thinking. Let's do. <laughs> yeah. Impulsive. Let's, let's just do it. Yep. Map it out. Let's map it out. Yeah. So without, it's like act first, think later. Yeah. And that's going to be that whiplash from the other position, which was, oh, let me feel it. (laughs) Let me feel my way through this. So, uh, and Mercury that day is in a sextile to Pluto. On which day? On Mercury? That is on my 18th. When Mercury, the day Mercury moves into Aries, Mercury is also in a sextile to Pluto. Before you go further, Janet, can you check? There's got to be some chat about what we're talking about. Let's see here. Um, Gosh, I got to go back. There has been. Okay. So Christine says natal Pisces in Mercury and the sun. Okay. So you are already familiar with this energy we're talking about, Christine. Good morning, Natasha Venter. Christine says, reminds me of the song by the fifth dimension. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. I've been thinking that all along, Christine. Um, Then we have Amanda J from, I believe she's in Europe, uh, England. Hello, Amanda. J-Lo says centaur. Yeah, that was going back to our Chiron conversation. Christine says, didn't Chiron's mom reject him, calling him hideous looking? I might have to look further into the myth for that. There is someone that said that, and I think it might have been his mother. Um, uh, Christine says Aries in the 12th. So a 12th house Aries, you're clearing out the subconscious, right? Yeah. Where you've been imprisoned, where you've self enslaved, where you've self limited, that is what you're going to be dealing with and releasing yourself from hopefully and healing from. Um, Natasha, thank you. That explained a lot about Aries at this time in my life, 10th house. And I noted um, for you, Natasha, that the other day you had a headache like a migraine and Aries rules the head and specifically in the healing field, 
headaches and migraines, right? That tells you there's something going on in the Aries part of my chart. Uh, JLo, what if it's in the 11th house? Well, the 11th house is all about your dreams and your goals and your aspirations. What do I see myself doing? But it also enacts then the people that will help you get to where you need to go, the groups, the friendships, the networks. And then there's also a humanitarian kind of feel around that. So sure. for you, it's about beginning action, if you haven't already, on the biggest dream that you've ever had. What do I want in my life? Uh, then Christine says, then Apollo took mercy upon Chiron and taught him healing and the arts. Absolutely. Exactly that. There's like so many different myths about, about Chiron that are, you know, breaking into our consciousness uh, more and more powerfully. Um, and rejection is, as JLo saying, a big theme when we deal with Chironic energies. And then we're going to put Mars in cancer yes where the theme becomes rejection or uh, abandonment or lack of mothering or lack of support <sighs> hmm. so those themes are going to be coming up and maybe in a very um victimy sort of way at first mm. right so i've been this is what i've been doing I have been reminding myself, like on Monday, I was having a meltdown. I couldn't even come on my broadcast on Monday oh. because technology at the last second was causing me all kinds of problems. I was just fuming. I went to, to put in a picture and it told me YouTube won't allow, you know, that size of, of, of graphic. It set me down a rabbit hole. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm breathing, breathing my way through this, trying to get myself back to center because I know I'm responsible for my own emotions yeah. and I'm responsible for my own reactions or response. And my response was, I'm not taking that on air. I'm just not. Wow. I just can't. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be in that mode while I am talking to people. Mm. So I chose not to come on. That's the kind, that's the level of work that we have to do with ourselves, even in the midst of anger or upset or, you know, passion or whatever it is that's happening around us. We have to be the one that. I think it's not, even though it's, it's because we are interacting with the rest of the world that we have to be more mindful and have those conversations. I'm with you on that. I'm doing the same thing. I'm watching the reactions, but I'm really working at staying in center and. Yeah. See everything through a neutral as, as long as I can. Or like you did, step out. Like I totally respect. I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to wait. That's yeah. Oh, you mean, and a, a, a part of that comes from knowing yourself as mm -hmm. well, right? I know that I have that sun in the 12th, uh, in the 12th house also, but in the gate 12, mm -hmm. which is, which can be moody. And when you try to speak from a moody place, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't go well. It okay. just doesn't go well. Yeah. So I know that about myself. And this is what I would encourage everybody to do. Learn about yourself. Totally. Even if you don't necessarily have a reading, of course, I think everybody should have readings. But, <laughs> but you know yourself. Yeah. Right? You know things about yourself. And it's up to you to be responsible. And that whole week, I think that 12th through the 18th-ish yeah. are going to test us to things and test us in many different ways yes. um, in our lives. And I'm up for it. How about you? I say that and then I'm like freaked out. Now, don't, universe, you don't have to test me on it. I, just... <laughs> I want to add know thyself, grow thyself. Oh, I like it. 
Yeah, because the more you know, the more you grow if you apply it. And I hate the saying knowledge is power. Knowledge is not power if you're not applying the knowledge. So right. what you learn in these little snippets, even if you're only getting a little bit of what Janet and I are saying, apply it. That is power. That's what I'm saying. Like I come on these shows to, to give you a smidge because I only know a smidge compared to Janet. I I try. I hope I remember just an ounce of it. Of course, I do write <laughs> notes. And I do. I mean, I, I reflect and look. Part of my wiring is knowing I love reflection and looking and and then reporting out what I found. So, yeah. Yeah. This is you know, something. and it you have to be brave enough to do that, you right? You great. have to have the courage to go looking at your own stuff. Chiron and Aries. You have to be brave enough. Chiron and brave Aries. enough. Yeah. And here's the other thing that's being teased out with Chiron and Aries, and that is your unique identity, mm. who you are, and mm. how do you apply you to the world? What mm. part of the tapestry of life do you carry that no one else can carry? Right? It's the you in all of that. Mm. So part of doing that is you're going to have to look at your own, you know, 12th house, underworld, uh, shadow, fear, mm. self right? In order to bring that to clarity and release yourself from it so that you can go on. And that week of the 12th is going to be the test. We're going to be test pilots that week on living in a new paradigm, walking our talk, living from the light and mm -hmm. not from the dark or the shadow, because that's what happens is we get caught up in fear and it runs the show. Mm -hmm. We don't want fear to run the show. Right. We want to feel a healthy dose of fear if it's something that's going to preserve our lives, our limbs, that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're walking to the edge of a cliff and you look down and that water is 50 feet below you and probably not all that deep, you probably don't want to jump, right? That fear that you feel around, that could be saving your life. Well, that's smart that's, fear. <laughs> right? That's smart fear. But if the fear about jumping off and doing something fun or doing something good for yourself or starting that new business or that new health regimen or that new financial plan, those fears are usually false fears, right? Yeah. The false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're contending with a lot that week. Yeah. And then as we go into the next week, we go in through the gateway of the spring equinox. An equinox, absolutely. Yeah, spring for us in the Northern Hemisphere, fall for all of you all in the Southern Hemisphere, but the theme is the same. It's the Astrological New Year. Yes. And I actually, I, I always forget to tell you this when we are doing um, the almanacs, but you can actually draw a chart up for an ingress like that, like, oh. the, like the sun at zero degrees Aries happens at, let's see, Washington, D.C. time. So what's that? That's... Uh, East Coast time happens on March 20th at 5:25 p.m. Mm -hmm. That is the time that the sun goes to zero degrees, zero minutes of Aries. And if you draw a chart up for that, you're seeing the birth of the new year. Oh, and that's... then you can read that chart as if it were a person's what? birthday. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, and. Uh, I, I do this periodically because I want to know. Sometimes I think some concepts kind of can confuse people, but you're just thinking of the Aries ingress as a baby that's born on right. March 20th or 21st, depending on the year. And everything that sets up that day then is thematic, kind of like your solar return becomes thematic for the year. 
for the United States. Yeah. Yeah. In this case, it's for the, well, I said it for the Washington DC time zone, but it's really for everyone. It just happens I wanted to know what time that was going to be. So, gotcha. Yeah, but whenever that sun does that. And what we see that day is the sun, Mercury, Chiron, Jupiter, and Eris, all in Aries. Wow. In one house of the chart if you're using whole sign, uh, the whole sign system. And that's a lot. Oh, now I'm going to draw up that chart. That is, to me, that screams some kind of powerful leadership. It does. Wow. Who steps out of the shadows to lead us as a nation or in the world itself? I mean, it could be somebody that we don't even know yet that steps up to the plate and takes us in a new direction, maybe takes us on a path of healing. I was thinking about this on March something or another. Maybe it's today. Marianne Williamson was going to make a big announcement. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, because I, I follow her list. I, I heard that and I don't remember what the day is. Maybe it's even March 7th. That would be hysterical. And <laughs> my thought is that she's going to throw her hat into the ring for running for president again, like she did last time. But to me, that's signaling, you know, something wow. potentially stellar, new, unthinkable in the past, perhaps. Wow. The moon, I the other luminary that day, is lagging behind the sun um at in pisces right because the new moon is the next day right right or just hours later so the moon is is dragging piscean themes to the sun when he meets up they will the sun will still be at zero-ish degrees when they meet yeah on the at the new moon oh boy yeah and that's the the chart where i saw in the new moon where metis comes to play Okay. And she's a goddess of wisdom, right? She, in, in part of the mythology of Metis, she ends up being eaten by Jupiter, Zeus. You know, he, he doesn't want that, you know, her nagging at him about all the things he has to do to change and grow and all that. So she eats him or he eats her. And then what happens is she ends up stuck in his brain. Oh, right up in his Lord. mind. So her words of wisdom are caught in Jupiter or Zeus's mind. And it, I, I mean, I didn't even get to finish all, the whole myth. So I, I can't wait to unpack that whole thing. And what is that? So progress, perhaps, stuck in our minds. Um, power, oh. empowering, wisdom, taking, becoming wise about what we do. All in that new moon that's happening right after the ingress. <laughs> and it's kind of amazing. That's it's, it's, a lot. Can you tell me the proper way to spell Metis? M-E-T as in Tom, I-S as in Sam. Metis. Yeah. And she's an asteroid, actually. I, asteroid, I was yeah. thinking of her as a star, but she's not. She's an asteroid. Wow. So, and for whatever reason, I had added her to my whole pantheon of planets and things that I wanted to look at. Uh, but I'd always been, you know, kind of taking her out of that lately because it's just too much right when you look at that chart it's just too much wow. so but she's going to be playing in that ingress chart so i i think that to me when i look at that that's her busting into our consciousness mm. in a bigger way she was actually discovered way back in 1848 mm. wow yeah holy moly like yeah we, we just took march to a whole other level 
Oh, I mean, there are so many layers in March. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible sure. because like when we're working on the almanac, did we take into consideration what was going on with Chiron? I didn't. No, I didn't. Right? And now looking at this other, you know, possible uh, goddess energy, she's very much like Athena, right? Mm -hmm. Athena bursts forth from Zeus's head. She gets out. Meta stays in. <laughs> so anyway, it, it's just a crazy, you know, way to start thinking about that this month. And then just when you think, it's over. Pluto, Pluto moves into Aquarius. Pluto moves into Aquarius. I know. And yeah. I think, I, I mean, again, another super exciting transit. We won't get the fullness of this yet. We'll have, we'll have, um, we'll have our experience. Like here's a taster, but then Pluto's going to go back into Capricorn for a little bit next year. By this time, I think by March next year, we're really into the uh, Pluto yeah. and Aquarius energy. We'll have made it beyond zero degrees. Yeah. Yeah. So then we'll be really tasting it. But um, yeah. this would just be like, yum, yum, yum. Let's see how this is going to go. Uh, am I correct in saying we will we will have sort of the experience of, you know, it's almost like the last degree, the 29th degree, where there's like a little deposit. Am I correct in saying Pluto will give us a small deposit, a little taster? Yeah. A foreshadowing of his a transit. Foreshadowing. Yes. Yeah. So, for example, um, 15 or 16 years ago, however long ago it was now, when he moved into a, into Capricorn, yeah, right, that was right when we were having the financial crisis, right, the banking crisis, which yeah. then gets compounded within the year by the mortgage crisis, mm -hmm. which then starts shutting down corporations, and we yep. get this whole, you know, junk bond and you know, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. Economically, it was a, a, a cluster, you know yeah. what. And it just started the snowball running downhill. But it was all because Pluto in Capricorn is exposing where there's corruption. Right. Where And corruption meaning not necessarily, I mean, it could be corrupted, you know, people and purposes behind, you know, evil and all of that. But also corruption where we're not holding up to the pattern right, where we're not holding up to the um, the promise of the institution, let's say, right, the promise of the banks, the promise of, of home ownership and, and what have you, and it gets exposed and then it gets destroyed, Yeah. right? Now we have Pluto going into Aquarius. So what will that be? Well, I feel like that is going to be an exposure for us on technology. Mm. Because, and I'm getting oh, me chills. Too. That's exactly about what that. was going through my mind. Yes, yeah. an exposure of how it's been used wrongly and how we can use it the proper way positively right yeah uh, and I, I think that's when i really was thinking about pluto and how do we how do we sort of wrench the old or the modern out of the old how do we how do we you know kind of alchemically because it's an alchemy mm -hmm. rise out of the destruction and build something of right. a more lasting nature Yes, and that's where it's going to take our imagination and our creativity and i say thank you to saturn for being in pisces at that time yes exactly <laughs> we might be able to see our way forward where you know it's sometimes i mean haven't you just felt like oh my god how do we get to absolutely there from here there are so, a lot of prayers going on in my house <laughs> right yeah and when we think about aquarian energy it doesn't hold the center, it holds the margins. Mm -hmm. So peoples who have been marginalized or 
things that we, you know, have pushed out of the center, right? You know, we've been very centric and now we're going to become very marginal. I, that's not quite the way I, I want to look at it. It's like this, the center won't hold anymore and we'll have to incorporate all of society, yeah, yeah, all of the psyche. Yeah, maybe maybe bringing the margins in. I, you, you said something and I said, oh, but I've lost my thought on it. Just that to me, like it's about how we address the groups will change. Mm -hmm. You know, a new kind, a new kind of um, caring for the groups. We've done it wrong. A, and so, new, a new kind of acceptance and tolerance for tolerance. Yes, acceptance. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was. Also, like I, what comes up for me a lot is the word freedom. When I think Aquarian, I think freedom, um, new way of choosing, being able to choose, being able to hold our uniqueness and not be maybe shunned for it. Um, I don't know. There's so much around that Aquarian energy. Um, that <laughs> it's huge. It, it's, it's huge. huge. It's really, really huge. Yeah. I, I think probably most important to the planet is how we do groups. How how do we do, how do we live together? How do we live together? How do we play together? How do we govern together? Um, in uh, Richard Rudd, who is the author of The Gene Keys, he talks about an energy called synarchy, yeah. where we are releasing hierarchy, where, you know, one's better than the other. And going into synarchy, where sin is the word together, S-Y-N, sin, S -Y -N. together, and archy, ruling, together, ruling. Yeah. So uh, that'll be an interesting switch over. And I think it's one that is, it, it's going back to King Arthur and the, and the Knights of the Round Table. Right, right. Right, where leadership wasn't just, I'm the king, you listen to right. me, but we Let's are make a all decision, responsible. Right? Yeah. Let's make a decision in the best in the highest and best for the most number of people yes. because above all aquarian energy is humanitarian right is human centric capricorn aquarius that <laughs> in, that inverted triangle like this is going to be um, it's going to be amazing and, and um you know the fun really will begin i think like I said, later this year, when after we like sort of do our review with the retrograde Capricorn coming later, you know, look back, how did we handle all that uh, institutional change, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then we step into the Pluto and Aquarius later in the year, but we'll get this little, little jumpstart flavor foreshadowing, you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. All we have to do is remain aware. Yeah. Awareness, right. Stay conscious you know, as we go through this and well, it's more than that, though, we do have to do our part. Yes. Take conscious action, conscious, right? action. conscious action. Yeah. And that takes courage, right. To live and walk from your talk. Yeah. Right? So, and you know, that's one thing I'm always aware of. If, if I had, if, if I can't hold that, that kind of agreement in my own life, how can I come out here and talk to everybody and, and do that, yeah. expect that they will do that. Mm -hmm. So it's a big deal to me, I think, when, you know, we are all being asked to step it up, mm -hmm. right? We're no longer children, if you will, of the universe. We're now um, moving into our adulthood mm -hmm. in, in as 
citizens of the universe. And that means we have to start behaving like an adult would behave. Right. <laughs> and that's going to be fun. <laughs> With integrity. Correct. Integrity, being true to yourself. And, you know, here's the... Um, Here's the really good message when we think about this is that Aquarius is across from Leo. Yes. Leo rules the individual and your unique self-expression, who you are, while Aquarius rules the group and who we are as a group. And they are not mutually exclusive. Mm. This is what has held us to these old fear things is that, you know, I would lose myself if I participated in the group or in the group that the group would swallow the individual. Right. No, your uniqueness is absolutely needing to be valued in the context of the group. What can you bring to the group? Something that only you can bring to the group. Right. You are a unique wonderful individual and the world the group needs your, your perspective needs yep. your um expression. participation and yep. expression exactly yeah so uh christine is asking me if there is time could we please have a goddess card and you know time is an interesting thing because it's already five minutes after nine uh, and i will draw a goddess card how about that i just have there to dig go. them out of my pile of cards here while she's yeah. digging out a card i want to tell everybody if you have an energy almanac i want to show you how to use <laughs> do it the blank page you have a monthly overview that's here but there's a blank page with stars on it use that for your notes during our meeting with janet every month it's oh, the perfect idea. place to take notes and and capture the amazing ideas uh, that Janet gets to share. Well, guess what? I have no idea. Oh, I have a great deck. If everybody, if, yeah, if why don't you? I I don't know what happened to my goddess deck. Where is she? Where are she? Where did they go? The goddess has disappeared. Which well, I don't know how that could be possible in this big. I have this big basket. Oh, there they are. But go ahead, you draw a card. I have the Wisdom of Tula. This is the most beautiful deck. These oh. are all hand-painted by the artist. Um, her name is Diana Dunn. Um, this is the, the box. Every So Tula is channeled, um, channeled information by the artist. And the wisdom is pretty remarkable. So I'm thinking about March and, the ener and something that we would all need to know about March, right? Good one. Good one. What do we all need to know? What is the wisdom of Tula for March? And I have pulled, ooh, I've pulled this beautiful card, Presence. Presence. Oh, isn't that, wonderful. Isn't that pretty? That's what we've been talking about. It is what we've been talking about. And let me um, just really quickly give you, I'm going to hold this up here for you. Okay. Um, sitting for the famous portrait. Portraitist Sergeant provides Tula an unparalleled opportunity to practice absolute presence. She's fully engaged in the moment, along with the artist who is also entirely focused on the immediate act of creating Tula as a work of art. They don't talk, they share a calm pool of silence. There's no past or future represented in this portrait. Only Tula mm -hmm. in the very moment in which the painter committed her likeness to canvas. All right. 
So Tula knows that the gift of presence is an immeasurable gift only, only she can give herself. No one else can help her live mindfully in the here and now. Uh, like the painting in progress, Tula knows that the current moment is where she's fully alive. This card is inviting you to live in the present moment without dragging the burden of regret behind you or without anxiety about what the future might bring. Both of these states of mind are keeping you from your real life, which is only occurring literally in this instant. Move your thoughts away from, from what is happening right uh, like ah, when we move our <laughs> thoughts away from what is happening right now, we lose precious pieces of our lives. Live presently. There's a little bit more, but there's no time like now. Stay present. I love it. That is such a great card. Such it a is. great deck. I've not even seen that deck before. So oh, that's awesome. So beautiful. Really Something pretty pictures. They're just beautifully bright and yeah. Love it. I love it. So the the what's it called again? The, the uh, gift the of, wisdom Tula? of Tula. The wisdom of Tula. Tula. Good. Um, so before we go, I just want to go through some of the last comments that we were hearing from people. Um JLo says, yes, I always do that. That is why my spider senses are all over the place. I think that's when we were talking about, you know, paying attention to uh, the signs around you. Carol Grogino, my goodness, it's great to see you out there. She says, Marianne is announcing her candidacy March 4th. Oh, so this coming dear. Friday March or 4th. Saturday, Saturday. Uh, JLo, but the energy has always felt three days before and three days after. Now that brings up another point with astrology is that it, it's not always just that exact day. Right. It can be. But often it's a few days before, during, and then a couple of days after because they're moving. So uh, anyway, I don't know who must work for KFC being finger looking good. JLo, you might have to send me a message on that one because I think that's so funny. Christine says private equity firms and their greed comes to mind uh, when we were talking about what happened with uh uh, Pluto and Aquarius totally. and Aquarius and Chiron, Midheaven and Venus. This all resonates to her. That's her, her own chart. And then she asked for the goddess card, which I found my goddess deck, but I love Tula. And she's Christine says, thank you, Janet and Tam for a great astrological discussion. Great cards right on the spot. Wishing a good week to all JLo. Oh, he ate Midas. Yeah. <laughs> which of course, you know, he, he was delivered from being eaten by his own father, but he feels like it's okay to eat, you know, meat us. It's too funny. It's like, you know, we're taking lessons. We don't learn the lesson completely. Mm. I mean, that's what I get right away. It's like, we got to learn the lesson and live from the learning. <laughs> what did you say? Knowledge and action, right? Applied knowledge, knowledge is power. Applied knowledge. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, it's been so great to be with you this morning. Thank you, Tam. I love these conversations. You too. And of course, we had a lot of, of food for thought this morning. Yeah. Uh, we would love to hear from any of you who have questions or uh, want some clarification, because I know we talked a lot about different things today. And we'll see you again. Let's see when we go to April. Yeah. We will probably actually meet again in March, right? Because April 5th 29th, is the first yes. Wednesday. So it'll be March 29th. Tam and I will be back to talk about April. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye for now. Bye for now.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.